together. We're together. We are. We're we in, are. in the dark. Yes. This is great. in the dark. And we're at her husband's parents' house. We are. We are. You know, it, it's nice that we have options. It really is. Family and shit. They come through. Yes. They come through. Well, we're in town. Or, sorry. I'm in we're town. We're in town. <laughs> <laughs> We've already busted this up. Yeah, right? We are wearing the same outfit. Mm-hmm. Hold on. I was going to say, my camera's out of focus. <laughs> and this will be the last podcast you see me as blonde. Wow. I know. She's coming to the dark side. Like back to the dark side. Yeah. I mean, I'm she's not gonna be like my dark, but she's coming to the dark side. I am. Are you excited? I'm so excited. I haven't been a brunette in a long time. I know, like the when I met you, you were a brunette. Yeah, like dark brunette. Really dark. That's so crazy. I know I'm pumped. It's going to be long and luscious. Yes. Oh my gosh. It's so, that looks so good. That's my I'm news excited. of the day. Um, well, my news of the day, uh, the remodel is hell, <laughs> which is why we're here. <laughs> Still not done. Um, it should have been done a week and a half ago. That's going to be so great. Uh, not done. Yeah. So my life is hell, but hey, it's all good. It yeah. could be worse. It could be worse. I was trying to think of a worse scenario, and yeah. there's nothing. There's me nothing. Me, so. Yeah. Uh, Kanan's got her workout in today. She helped unload doors and cabinets. I did. Are you a little sore? Not yet. No? Okay. Mm. That's good. Just taking some medication. Liquid. Uh, yeah, liquid medication. Yes. <laughs> no, the remodel's going to be amazing. Mm. Mm-hmm. Lots of green and neutrals, which is totally my style. Yeah, it's going to be so pretty. She I'm basically so decorated the house for me. Yeah, I mean, I kind of did. I was like, okay, what would Cadence do? So no. she bought my couch, and then <laughs> <laughs> she's wearing my dress. Oh, yeah, we accidentally wore the same thing. You can't tell, but we've both got a black belt on. <laughs> <laughs> and black boots. Yeah, so we do. That's what... <laughs> There's Alexa's foot. I'm not going to lift mine. You guys have seen enough of those Yeah, you've already movements. seen her in a gyno chair. Yeah. So... Oh, it's great. That's great. Okay, so, um... One what? quick thing, guys. Um, I know we mentioned it last time briefly, but we are reworking the Patreon yes. to be better for you guys yes. and a little easier for us. Yes. I didn't talk this over with Alexa, so I'm just taking charge of this, but I'm hoping that's done by February. February 1st. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Ready There's to go no- with something new. Yeah, February 1st, we should have a targeted date. I'm completely on the same page, yeah. so I'm good with that. Cool. Okay. So what are we drinking? Um, so show the bottle. It's really pretty. One of my favorite rosés. It's called Sophia Rosé. It's so good. It's hard to see the label. <laughs> it's not working. Yeah, it's not even coming up. But it's a Sophia Rosé from Monterey County, California, and it's one of my faves. Yeah, it's really nice. I know. It's not, like, sweet. It's not too dry. I think it's, like, perfect. I agree. Perfection. So, have you thought about the drinking word today? I actually prepared this Mm. time. Okay. And by prepared, I mean I did this an hour ago, which for me is prepared. Hey, okay. What? Sex. Okay. Is that yeah. going to work? Yeah, but like, that'll work. That'll get into, like, sex, sexual. Yeah. Maybe you say sexy. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I will, but I definitely will say sex. I also think it should encompass, like, intercourse. That's fine. Or rape. Fellatio. 
Okay. Necrophilia. Yeah. Okay. All the above. <laughs> yes. Anything to do with sex. Drink to it. So again, if you are uh, 21 and up and you like to drink, drink along if you hear any sexual not, terms. Hydrate. <laughs> get your waters. Yeah. Also, if you hear my chair squeak, sorry. We just got to make it work. We got to make it work. We yeah. got to do it. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. All right. I'm so any, excited for the story. Yeah, like any other news or anything else you can think of? What about the Chiefs? Okay, no. What about the Chiefs? Listen, I didn't know. They crushed it last night. No, they really did. I didn't know last night if, like, whether or not my husband was going to cry or if he was going to be excited. I feel like he was, like, crying and then he was excited and then crying and then excited. Or, like, sad crying, excited crying. Yeah, yeah, he was just crying. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, hopefully the Chiefs get to go to the Super Bowl for the third time. Yeah, I really hope so. Hey, listen, (laughs) we root for the Cowboys. Yes, you do, and we root for the Chiefs when they're not playing the Cowboys, so, yeah, really happy for you guys. Yeah. My sister was talking about how annoying she thinks Patrick Mahomes is, though. Oh, really? We were trying to do an impersonation of his voice, and this was my best, so, like, yeah, so we played a really good football game. (laughs) I mean, I would kind of agree with that. And yeah. then, uh, <laughs> it's so like monotone and yeah. like straight to the point, and then that's like like it. a little bit of twang to it. Yeah, she's like, I hate hearing I hate his voice. Oh so gosh. shout out Patrick if you're listening. Yeah, to this. shout out Patty. Hey, I will say Brittany's outfit was on point last night. Though. Really? Oh, it was so cute. It's like all yellow, like monochrome. So cute with white boots. Cute. You'll have to look it up later on Instagram. I will. It was so cute. I follow I'm like, her. I can't believe I want that. Yeah. So. Okay. All right. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. Disclaimer so we don't get sued. Um, our videos and podcasts are for entertainment purposes. All information discussed is found on the internet. Keep in mind, we will talk all things sinister that may not be suitable for all audiences. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. Mm-mm-mm. Remember our drinking word, kids? Sex. Let's do this. <laughs> Everything's sexual. All right. So we are talking about Gary Leon Ridgeway. So we are in Aquarius season. Oh, yeah. All um, new. Yeah. All new season. Yeah. All new Zodiac. I'm excited. I don't know anything about Aquarius. Well, you're about to learn today. Aquarii. Aquarii. Yeah. Right? I don't know. What is it? Aquariuses? Yeah. What would be the plural version of of an Aquarius? Do you know what the plural version of octopus is? Octopi. Wrong. It's it's octopity. Nuh-uh. Yes. What? Yeah. Mind blown. (laughs) Mind blown. All right. Let's go with the story. Okay. Gary Leon Ridgway, born February 18th, 1949, in Salt Lake City, Utah, um, also known as the Green River Killer. Um, he murdered 49 women and teenage girls in the state of Washington between, again, 1980s and 1990s. Typical fucking serial killer time. Bullshit. Crazy. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, like, just a crazy time. Do you think it was because of, that we had just have so much, like, um, like, media awareness these days? Like, do you think there's just as many serial killers today? No, I don't think there are just as many serial killers today. 
I, I think there must have been fucking something in the water. I don't know. Yeah. Something made these people crazy. And I mean, when Gary will talk about his childhood, mm-hmm. and that's that's what stemmed to him being the way that he was, but for everyone, I mean, yeah, it's true. just, it's kind of weird. And it's all on the, the East Coast. Or sorry, the West Coast. I wonder what it's was all... happening in like the 30s and 40s. Like, why weren't yeah. there serial killers then when there's like mass poverty and war? I know. I mean, there there were, but not like not him. Like I this. mean, Gary Ridgway murdered more than 49 women and girls. And he is the second most prolific a serial killer in the U.S. Damn. Samuel Little is numero uno, which is crazy. I don't know if I We know haven't him. talked about him yet. Is he the black guy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I know. So, um, Gary, I'll just refer to him as Gary, but, uh, or Ridgeway, but. Okay. Gary, mostly. He was a rapist. Do you want to drink to that, too? Yes. Murderer and a necrophiliac. So, I guess we'll talk drink two sexual yes. terms. And again. Oh. <laughs> Guys, it has been a long week. She forgot what to do. Yeah. It's been a long week. I just realized it was Monday. Yeah, I know. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> anyway... So, kicking off Aquarius season, uh, Times of India, which I know we both love, like, for all the Zodiac oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really weird. Like, it's a great website. It really is. And they post, like, updates mm-hmm. about each sign, like, often and, like, different yeah. studies and all that. It's so cool. But they say uh, Aquarius, Aquarius, I don't know what the plural term is, uh, they may be quirky and hilarious at times. And as hard as nails as other times. Hmm. They often leave others with the impression that they are beneath understanding and impossible to be around. They make other people feel that way? Yes. Okay. Yes. So they're like real narcissistic. Very arrogant. Yes. Yes. Some of their strengths are creative, innovative, optimistic, Loving and supportive to those that are close to them, but only on their terms. Got it. So it's like, okay, I'll love you if you do this for me. Or I'll be there for you as long as you do this. Yeah. Type of thing. So Hmm. it's kind of weird. They're very, like, gaslighty vibes. Yeah. Very gaslighty vibes. It's kind of weird. Um, their weaknesses, they are, they can often be neglectful of their loved ones or people that they care about. They are known to just cut people out of their lives easily. Um, they hide their emotions. They easily detach themselves and they are not open, open to receiving help. And they're also very secretive. Okay. So it kind of goes hand in hand though, like with their strengths. If you think about it a little bit, like creative, innovative, supportive to only and loving to only those that they choose and on their terms, but then again, narcissistic in a way. I feel like to sum it up, an Aquarius gives at a cost. Everything's at a cost. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't... Wait. Okay. So what is the Aquarius season? Uh... Hold, please. I got it. I got it. I got it. We got January 20th through February 18th, so he's the last day. He's the cutoff. Yeah, other than my dog, I literally don't know an Aquarius. Yeah. 
Literally, he's like the cutoff. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Got it. So, Gary, I want to focus on a couple of things with him. Um, being able to easily detach himself and being secretive. So, keep Hi. in mind, like, he can be one person to you mm-hmm. and a completely different person behind closed doors or to others. Gotcha. So, he's very loving to those that he cares about, but a monster to other people. Okay. Absolute freaking monster and can detach himself from being a monster. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy. Yeah, a little scary. Very scary. Um, not great friendship material. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> Probably not, you know, and for those that are, like, the sign, leave a comment. I want to know, like, is Do you this know you? you? I mean, I, yeah, I just went to a friend's birthday party Saturday. He's an Aquarius. Hmm. Does that fit with his personality? <laughs> um, I mean, I can see some of it, but he's also, I would say, loving and supportive, to those that he wants to be loving and supportive too. Yeah. And I think he would agree with that. And I know he listens to the podcast, so I'm not going to say any names. But, um, I mean, I think he would agree. It's like, if you burn him and if you do him wrong, he's done. Yeah. Like, there's no conversation, like, no explanation, like, bye, bitch, I'm done. Yeah. Type of thing. So, yeah. And he is very caring and very loving and loyal to... Those that he chooses. Yeah, and that so those traits aren't always a bad thing. No. Yeah. So, but in the hands of a serial killer, I mean, that's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, an Aquarius is also an air sign, which is funny because isn't what is an Aquarius? What's the animal? A fish. I thought it was a fish. No, that's Pisces. That's a Pisces. Gosh, we are not good at our. <laughs> Hold on, Aquarius. Aquarius. I'm thinking like age of Aquarius. I thought it was something water related. Anyway, while she's looking this up, an Aquarius is an air sign. So just one thing that I want to talk about being an air sign, um, they're typically extremely intelligent, but in Gary's case, he was not. Um, They're hard to read, which in Gary's case, he was. Um, adventurous, he was not, and a fun-natured person, which you'll come to hear that, uh, he likes nature, and a lot of the women and the bodies were found in nature. So they don't have an animal. It's just a little squiggly squiggle. Okay, Aquarius. Yeah. Oh, it symbolizes water, right? Yeah, I thought so. Symbol is a water bearer. So a guy but pouring water. Okay. Okay. So, so I guess sign. air sign. All right. Water. Oh, yeah. It's all this, like, naked guy okay. <laughs> pouring water. Okay. Right. But they're an it. air sign. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Whatever. All right. So um, Gary was born. So we talked about all the Zodiac stuff. Yes. So again... Uh, focus on easily to detaches himself and secretive. Like, those are key when it comes to him. Um, so, his childhood. He was born in Salt Lake City, again, on February 18th, uh, 1949, to Mary and Thomas Ridgeway. Um, he was the middle child. Uh, Mom was a sales clerk at JCPenney, and Dad was a bus driver. Oh, that's so cute. I know. Yeah, you would think, like, typical, like, yeah. cookie-cutter family. Wrong. (laughs) Um, Had a terrible childhood. Like, it's really sad. Um, And he often wet the bed. 
first sign. Number one sign, not number one. No, but Top the ten. first one for him. Um, his mom was very domineering and controlling, mm-hmm. and so it had to be her way, and she was very, very negative. Yeah. Um, and mom and dad fought a lot, and oftentimes, like, they would be violent, like, physically fighting each other. Like, not just dad hitting her, dad pushing her, like, she fucking fought him. Yikes. Like, crazy. Um, he wet the bed until he was 13 years old, mm. and after every time he would wet the bed, mom would bathe his genitals. Like, wash his genitals, um... He would experience both, like, arousal and, like, Embarrassment. Anger. Yeah, but arousal and anger when she would do this. And this is where he instantly thought about killing her. He's like, I want to kill her, oh but then gosh. I'm also sexually attracted to her at the same time. Yeah. That is sad. That is sad. Isn't it sad? Because, I mean... He's a young boy, and boys pop bonies like it's nothing. Yeah, <laughs> like, even when they're like little, like little, two years old, and they don't even know had, what's going like, on. Puberty age that had to just it's be not, the worst. Yeah, it's not okay. You know, no. it's really sad. And so uh, apparently, like I don't. From what I read, mom only did this to him, and she knew, which we're going to talk a little bit about. She knew that he wasn't the smartest, and she knew mm-hmm. that. Like, maybe he wouldn't comprehend it, so it would be easily forgiven, but he knew. Like, he told psychiatrists, psychologists, even his attorney when he got caught, what had happened and knew that it was wrong. That's sad. And that's where the rage started. Yeah. Okay. So, he went to bed until he was 13. Uh, There are three main signs of a serial killer, if we all don't know. Uh, Wetting the bed, uh, lighting things on fire, and killing animals. And he did all three of those things. He often would just light random shit on fire and get in trouble for it. Um, and then the first animal that he killed, he killed a cat by putting it in the freezer. Just to see what would happen. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So when we say light things on fire, are we talking like houses? No, just like playing with fire. Okay. Like just lighting random like bushels of leaves or okay paper and just watching it burn or like big piles of trash or you know things here and there okay and he would get in trouble though in the city for lighting like things on fire that you weren't supposed to light but never like a house right like maybe like a trash can like no arson like anything crazy like that but again playing with fire winning the bed and killing animals so Hmm. yeah you know it just it sucks because he clearly had a shitty young childhood and that resulted to acting out basically set up for failure and it's kind of hard like what came first the chicken or the egg was he born a serial killer or did all these bad things happen to him that just he developed with his head and made him a serial killer right so it's kind of like you you there's that small window i feel like when we talk about where it's like this moment could have changed their course and it's like clearly his mom doing that that age could have been something like if that were avoided would he have gone on to kill? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't know. It's sad. It is sad. 
Um, so, you know, at this time, they're living in the SeaTac, Washington area, which is the Seattle-Tacoma, Washington area. It used to just be called SeaTac, Washington, mm -hmm. but it got so big that they split the city into two. So, it's Seattle and then Tacoma, oh. Washington. Okay. Um, he went to Chinook Junior High and Tai Hospital, Tai High School, um, where he graduated high school at the age of 20, uh, which is old to graduate so high is school. he like mentally like you'll hear here in a second oh okay yeah he's not like he doesn't that's have not like, just a, like your dom that's no. like he doesn't have a mental disorder um but he does have a learning disability um wasn't smart by any means uh and his iq was in the low 80s mm. which is below average intelligence yeah. um and he was dyslexic so again, learning disability Maybe. in that aspect. Mm -hmm. But apparently, he could talk fine. Like he had a lot of friends. He it was no problem him getting girlfriends. He played football. He played sports. Like one of his football coaches even said that he was a quiet, fun guy, an average. Mm -hmm. Like never thought anything crazy like this would That's happen. So bizarre. Yeah. So, that is a little strange. It is. So, um, in high school, he was held back two different two different times, um, and that's why he graduated at the age of 20. Um, his attorney, Patty Eeks, whenever he was finally arrested in 2001, said, and quote, the one time Gary genuinely cried was when he talked about how afraid he was of being put on the short bus whenever he was a kid. Oh, yeah. my God, that gave me chills. That I know. so sad. I know. Isn't that sad? And, like, think about him and his childhood. Like, at this time, when he was yeah. a child and when he was thinking like that, like, he wasn't a serial killer yet shortly after, which we'll talk about here in a second. But, I mean, think about what he went through. And yeah. then to not be smart and, like, be, you know. I feel like he's living with a ton of humiliation. Absolutely. Which is creating anger and probably all sorts of bad things. But yeah. Like, he's, this kid has just lived a life of embarrassment. Yeah. And, like, throw a Zodiac sign in there, easily being able to detach. Well, look at what he's had to deal with yeah. as a childhood. Like, how do you expect him to emotionally attach to anything? Yeah, no. Anyway, so when he was 16 years old, this is in 1965, he killed his first victim. Oh, my. 16. He killed a six-year-old boy. Um, this is from A&E. I just had to, like, copy all of this because yeah. they just worded it perfectly. It says, the, ki the kindergartner had been dressed up as a cowboy, playing with a stick in a wooded area near his home. The teenager, Gary, asked if he wanted to go build a fort. Moments later, the teenager stabbed the victim with a folding knife to the midsection puncturing his liver blood flowed down the victim's side and into his cowboy boots gary said i always wanted to know what it felt like to kill someone and he walked away laughing wow there's a ton of imagery in that <laughs> one yeah um okay well i want to know what happened because he's 16 and he clearly went on to graduate high school they didn't know they didn't know he was responsible 
for this little boy's murder until he was arrested in 2001. This was in 1965. Wait, so he kills a boy. Yes. And the town or the school just doesn't know. Nobody knows until he's arrested in 2001. And that's when he confessed to murdering this boy. So he just went to the cops and confessed? Well, he was already arrested and confessing, which we'll hear about later. He confessed to all of his murders. And this was one of them. Oh, my God. That is so sad. I know. Wow. Okay. Well, now I don't feel as bad for him. Yeah. Right. So, fast forward four years, 1969. He graduated again at the age of 20 and ended up marrying his high school sweetheart, Claudia. Um, He joined the Navy and he was sent to Vietnam where he served two years. Um, Also served uh, served in combat. Uh, during his time in the military, especially whenever he was in Vietnam, he would pay for sex. I was going to say, I bet, mm-hmm. listen, I've got some friends who have been overseas on military orders, and they tell me the shit that people get into over there. It's wild. Very thankful for those who serve our country. Absolutely. I think you guys deserve to like let loose and have fun, but I have heard... Horror stories. Oh, yeah. So then you add on top of that, you're a serial killer. Yeah. Yeah, but it gets pretty interesting. Right. Uh, So he ends up having a lot of, hang on to that, he ends up having a lot of unprotected sex where he contracted gonorrhea. Okay. And he was still married at this time. Hmm. Uh, Claudia divorced him, so his wife divorced him because of all the infidelities. Um, So he... Came back to the States, obviously, she divorced him. He got a job as a painter where he would paint, like, semi-trucks and, like, box trucks, like, FedEx trucks and stuff like that. And that's what he would paint. That was his primary job until he got arrested. Um, He then meets a woman named Marsha, and he gets married for a second time. Uh, Marsha ends up divorcing him as well for the same thing because he's addicted to, you know, having sex with prostitutes. Wow. Uh-huh. Like, my question to people like this is, like, why even get married? I know. Like, why not just have a girlfriend? Have like, or, like, why do the legal bullshit? And I'm sure there's people who are okay with, like, open relationships. So, like, just go be in one of those. Don't yeah. ruin someone else's life. Yeah. Anyways. I know. It's so weird. But also, like, in the times, like, marriage was, like, you should get married. Yeah, like, it was, in like, the 70s, a little more sacred. Like, you better get married. And, like, now there's people that are together for 10 years and they never get married. Like, that didn't happen back in the 70s. <laughs> You've not been with Nick for 10 years. That feels uh, like a lifetime. I mean, it was five and a half for me before I got engaged. So, but speaking of, we'll be together 10 years next, next month. Isn't that wow. weird? That's a lot. I know. <laughs> My commitment senses are starting yeah, like, to uh, up. Ah, I can't do this. Abort. <laughs> um, so, uh, married a second time. Marsha uh, later told the investigators, obviously after he got caught, um, that he was violent. And there was one time that he put her in a chokehold uh, from behind. And this is very important because this is part of his motive. This is part of his MO and what he does. Um, she also said that during this time and during their marriage, he became very religious and he would read the Bible. It's so fucking weird. He would read the Bible out loud, at work and at home and then get emotional and like start crying about 
what he was reading. Okay, that's that's scary. Yes. That's like that's not even being religious. That's no. like I mean, I know some very religious people that yes. don't like read a Bible out loud. Out loud. That's like you trying to block out some mental shit or something. Right. And then start crying. It's like you are realizing that there's something wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Or that you're eternally damned. Right. Some guilt. Lots of it. (laughs) Probably. Yeah. Um, So although he was a Christian, uh, he still paid for sex workers. And he wanted his wife at the time to be a sex worker as well. (laughs) Okay, wait. So, you're addicted to prostitutes. Yep. Sex workers. Then you tell your wife to go be one. Yep. Um, I don't, I don't understand the logic, the following of that. Like, because... And he's a Christian. And you're a Christian. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. There's no logic to that, so we'll just move on. No, and she knew he was crazy. She, she said that... Anytime that they, that he wanted to have sex, she said his, he wanted to have sex all the time, that most of the time he would want to have sex in public places or in a wooded area. Okay. Which is so Couple of red flags, ladies. Yes. Again, key to his MO. Like, key to his MO. If you're on a romantic frolic through the woods and you stop and do it, I'll let it slide. If that becomes a pattern, I just and really a passion. like the forest. Um, yeah, run. Yes, run for the hills. Literally, the what? hills. <laughs> Who is passionate about having sex in the dirt? No, I'm sorry, Mm-mm. no, no. Um, they did have a son named Matthew in 1979, and she also divorced him shortly after. Wait, is this his first kid? Only kid. Only kid. Okay. Um, I want to talk about Matthew. I know I'm kind of jumping ahead a little bit, but I think it's important to talk about him right now. Um, so they get a divorce and Gary had visitation rights, you know, seeing him every other weekend. Um, they didn't really have a close bond whenever Matthew was a child, but as Matt got older and graduated high school, um, and enlisted in the military, they grew a really close bond. Hmm. Um, Matt said uh, his dad was a quiet man, very frugal with money, and had few friends. Um, he said that they would spend time together going uh, garage sailing on the weekends. Washing each other's genitals. No, 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 <laughs> no. Um, they would go garage sailing and uh, Gary would buy stuff and fix it up and sell it to make some money. Um, he also said, you know, they played baseball a lot, you know, normal father-son yeah. stuff, ride motorcycles. Um, Matt ends up being very successful um, at the age of 26. He was a Marine. Again, he enlisted in the military. And this is when he found out about his dad being a serial killer. Um, Matt said his, Matt said it comes out that during some of the murders in the early 80s that he was present as a child. Now, if you think about it, Matt's only one, two, three, four, maybe five years old, but apparently he would be in the vehicle when his dad 
was out in a wooded area I was gonna raping say. and murdering a woman and come back into the vehicle where his son is at. Yeah, I was going to say, if he does most of his killing in the woods and the son was there for a lot of those, so he just would yes. leave them in the car? Leave him in the car. So technically the son would have been witness but to... But he was so young. But he, he's yeah, he doesn't remember or he doesn't know what's happening, but oh, right. I'm guessing the guy... I mean, maybe did he just stalk women in the woods, or did he load them up in the car and take them these places? Both. Oh shit! Okay. Yeah. Okay. But poor kid. You know, yeah. Obviously, he was young, didn't remember any of it. Um, but he did say that his dad was always there for him, was a regular dad, and especially during the military, never missed any of his award ceremonies or anything. He said they communicated often, um, and he was shocked to hear about. His dad being a serial killer and confessing to killing more than 70 women. Oh my god. It's like, how can you be there? Like, for some people, it's a struggle to just be a normal parent to make sure that, like, yeah. work isn't taking yeah. over family life and you're there for these events and also play times and bath yeah. times. And it's like, how come it was so easy for you to do the normal stuff that most people struggle with? But, like... Yeah. You're also a serial killer. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that I mean, makes sense. I'm like... Let's throw his Zodiac sign into it. In Aquarius, mm -hmm. they are easily able to detach from those who they don't really give a shit about. Yeah. But those they love and choose to love, they love. Right. And they cherish. Like, And it's crazy he didn't abuse side. his son after what he went through. Yeah. But, not I mean, at that's all. a good thing, but... Yeah, not at all. He was 100% against that with his child. Such a double standard. I, know. I mean, I'm thankful that he wasn't that way. I know. To his son. But, can but you then imagine, you turn around like, and like. 26 years old. I mean, that was just a few years ago for me. And it was like yesterday well. for me. But can you imagine like finding that out about your dad? Like being 26 and. Yeah. No. Like, I mean, I yeah, can't it would even be shocking. imagine. It would be. You would question everything. everything. In your life. You, like, you would even question, like, who you are, because you're like, I have yeah. these genetics. You're like, am I going to turn out to be like this? Is, is that why something? I wanted to murder so-and-so five years ago? <laughs> yeah. Like, is that why I see red? Is that like, why I tried to set my house on fire that one time? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so, Gary was unmarried a third time, uh, but he also had numerous girlfriends, like, throughout... Shocking. Yeah, all of this. Um, again, had a very, very high sexual appetite and liked violent sex. Um, you know, all of his ex-girlfriends that gave, like, an interview and ex-wives said that he wanted to constantly have sex in public places yeah, or like in the drinks. woods. Yeah, you should probably pour a little more than that, but... Those are two big gulps. I know. Ooh. I don't know if I'll make it to dinner. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, in 1980, he was arrested uh, for choking a prostitute. Okay. ML. Yeah. But no charges were filed because he told the prosecutors and the police that she bit him first. And so it was self-defense, so the charges were dropped. 
Yep. <sighs> then I would say, okay, where's the bite mark? And I'm sure there wasn't one. They probably the police or he questioned. Yeah, or he bit himself. Yeah, no one was on a sex worker's side. No, so. they still aren't. No, which sucks. I mean, yeah, you know, at a certain extent, it's like. Yeah, they do these things for money, and it's like, it's kind of in the job. You have to expect some sort of violence in a way, but you should also believe them if they say shit like this happened. Well, in my opinion, it's like the same, it's one of those things like you should plan for bad things to happen. You should be prepared. For the worst. You should be prepared Prepared, for bad things to happen, but you shouldn't like... Like accept that they happen. No. It's kind of like, like a massage therapist. Yeah. If you go to a masseuse, and the 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 person on the table like expects like a happy ending. Yeah. It's like I'm sure masseuses expect that to happen. Right. But they should still be dealt with in a matter of like this is unacceptable. Yeah. Get out. Don't come back. Right. And it's the same. I feel like prostitutes should expect some violence. Be prepared oh, for, sure. for violence, but at the same time, they shouldn't be just seen as irrelevant. Absolutely. Absolutely. Completely agree. It's sad. And I think, too, the more that that is accepted as, like, a position, like, this woman should be able to do what she wants with her body, then Mm -hmm. these women can get more protection. Yeah. So it can be safer sex. It can be a safer agreement. That's a story for another time. Absolutely. And I think you said sex, like, 20. Yeah. So another big gulp. But it's sad. And whether or not you agree with the position, whatever, you shouldn't think that women should just be beat or abused for no reason. No, and especially, you know, those in that industry, they don't deserve to be raped. So, 1982, um, he was arrested, again, for soliciting a prostitute, but he was shortly released after um, charges did stick. But again, he's just soliciting a prostitute, right? Um, Also, July 1982 was his first victim of being a serial killer um she was 16 years old she went missing from a foster home which is so fucking sad like it's so sad the rest of the story is going to be very triggering so just trigger warning for the rest of the story wait how old is she at this point uh 49 59 69 70 33 33 years old yeah Mm. yeah so um her body was found a week after going missing from the foster home um, and, and she was found in the Green River, where a number of his victims were found. Hence why he got the name the Green River Killer. And they haven't caught on yet that there might be a serial killer Well, situation. this is the first serial killer victim. Okay, Right, because it. his first murder was whenever he was 16 years old. And he confessed to that. Right. Later. Got right. it. Right. Okay, got it. Right. Um, Green River is in Kent, Washington, which is right outside of Seattle, just so we are aware. Um, August 1982, the police are now, so just a month later, Mm -hmm. the police now believe that there is a serial killer in the area a month later. Wow. This is insane. Uh, Believe that there is a serial killer. Uh, Gary became a suspect because of his prior prostitution charge of choking that prostitute, but getting it dismissed. So the... People they were finding, they're connecting, okay, we've got some dead prostitutes, but we've also got this guy that's got That's kind of of violent, yes. Uh, A task force, this is so crazy, a task force is created called the Green River Task Force. 
two members was Robert. I mean, there's more than two, but two of the members it were consisted of two. Only two. People. Only two. No, two of the members, Robert Keppel and Dave Reicher, interviewed Ted Bundy many, oh, many I mean, times. I was like, you're hitting me like I should know who because these people I guess are. I know because I read many books okay, about but yeah, Ted yeah, Bundy, yeah. but like main Man. investigators that interviewed him whenever Ted Bundy was in prison. You you were involved in multiple cases of like some of the most famous serial killers. Right. Well, you know Ted Bundy helped solve this case. Right? Yes. Okay. I knew well I knew he was about. involved in doing things like that. Yes. I didn't know this one specifically. This one specifically. Another serial killer. He's like, nope, I'll tell you what's going on, and here it is. Here's how to find this Here's what happened. So in 1984, in between 1982 and 1984, about 40 women had already been murdered by Gary Ridgway. Damn. In 1984, Ted Bundy gave his task force information on what he thought the killer could be doing, the psychology around it, and his motive. He told the police in this task force that he thought the killer was having sex with the dead victims and consistently changing his burial grounds. Okay. One, do you think that Ted Bundy... Buddy. Ted Buddy. Ted Buddy. Do you think Ted Bundy was reading these cases and jealous that it wasn't him out there? Well, initially, they came to Ted, and they said, did you do these? Because oh. they're in Washington and Oregon, so yeah. it's relatively close. And he did kill some women in Washington and Oregon. He's like, no, yeah. no, no, I know everyone that I killed, and these women ain't it. And two, isn't it fascinating that, like, Ted Bundy is someone who could have been used for good with his brain, brain? and his intelligence Crazy. and his, like, Passion for the psychology aspect, the like, law aspect, all of it. If all of you, it. it's a very, I feel, I don't know, but I feel like it's a fine line from wanting to, like, having the mind of a serial killer, but also oh, having genius. the mind of someone who studies, captures, and knows the ins and outs of a serial killer. Like, your mind has to be I very mean, close. we just talked about Ed Kemper. Yeah. He was a fucking genius. Yeah. And it's like, but... I think what separate, obviously what separates the two is the murder part, <laughs> but like this just one person gets sent over the edge. Yeah. Whereas like, they exactly. could have just been obsessed with yeah. the psychology of a serial killer. Could have been. Studying them, stalking them, hunting yeah. them down. I know. I know. So he tells the, the task force everything. He's mm-hmm. like, this is what I think. This is what you need to do. And he said, the next time you find a fresh body... Stake out the place because this man's coming back and he's gonna have sex with this dead body and you will catch him. And guess what happened? They didn't do it, they didn't listen to good old Ted Bundy. Why? All he's asking you to do is just and he's already he's about to die. Stay a little. He's in prison. He ain't going nowhere. I'm saying like their job. Yeah, Ted's not asking you to do anything anything crazy. crazy. Saying hey, just wait a while. He's gonna return back to the scene, which is another. They just thought Ted was crazy. That's also a popular thing with serial killers, though, is them returning to the scene. So like they should have known that anyways. Right. But like, yep. If if Ted Bundy 
says, hey, you should do this. You fucking do it. You should probably just wait (laughs) 10 minutes, 30 minutes and see if the guy shows up. Right. A serial killer knows what a serial killer is going to do. Like, and he's been, was right about other things. So like, why not this one? They're like, yeah, that's 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 crazy. crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Fucking prison dudes getting to him. Like, yeah, he had a long, long night. I know. I know. So, early 1983, I know I jumped to 1984, but going back to 1983, uh, police had questioned Gary about the prostitute situation again, saying that this prostitute went missing uh, because another prostitute said that she saw her, the girl who went missing, get into his truck. (sighs) Why do they keep dropping the case against him? Like, lack of evidence? So... He denied all claims right. and passed a polygraph, so they let him go. <laughs> yes! Oh they let him go. God. They let him go. Okay, well, that makes more sense. Yep. Mm. Yep. What a shame. Yep. Do they even use polygraphs anymore? Yeah, they do, but I don't think they should. I mean, they don't fucking work. No. It's all about your blood pressure and your heart rate. Like, yeah. if you are calm, if you take a Xanax and go and take a fucking polygraph, They'll be, like, they'll be like, are you alive? <laughs> no, they're going to be like, inconclusive. 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 <laughs> but, um, nothing, nothing moved. Nothing changed. Especially back in those days when I'm sure polygraphs have evolved to like what they are today. I don't know if maybe they can watch like your brain scans or something. Yeah. But, I don't know. But back in the 80s, yeah. I'm sure there was like the... Yeah. Beep. I mean, it's kind of the same now. Is it? Yeah. It's just... Yeah. I like we need to evolve. We just need to get rid of polygraphs. Um, so, 1985, he started dating who was his third wife, Judith. Um, they got married in 1988. He is relentless. Um, again, his murder rate, or his most of his murders was between 1982 and 1984, murdering more than 40 women. Yeah. Um, his murder rate dropped significantly while being with her. Uh, later in an interview, I think it was in, like, 2010, she said, and... Well, I truly believed that I helped save lives while we were together. I hate her. I do too. Fucking dumb I bitch. Hate her for saying that. I know. Even if you feel that way, you don't fucking say don't it. say it. Yeah, you don't fucking Listen, say it. It is a blessing. I can't. I was like, there. Thousands of more people would have died if it weren't for me. Yeah. yeah. Like fuck off. Oh, it's know. almost like you're bragging. No, she definitely was. So, in 1987, uh, the police had a search warrant for his home uh, and his work from a 1982 report stating that Gary had a prostitute in his car uh, with that same prostitute that went missing that he got questioned about in 84 and passed a polygraph. Got it. Uh, They came through and took, like, carpet samples and fibers and all that stuff. Uh, no evidence connected him to the missing woman. Okay. Um, they even took DNA and it came back negative. But in 2001, with better DNA testing, mm-hmm. it came back that Gary was a match and he was later arrested that year. 
2001. And this is 1987. Oh my god. So he keeps killing. And we had DNA testing. Oh, okay. DNA testing wasn't. This is important to know too. So when we were watching that BTK killer documentary Mm -hmm. I was telling you about, they explained that even back when DNA testing Mm -hmm. came out in the 80s and 90s, it wasn't anything. Basically, whatever sample you had, whatever you had, the whole thing had to be used. You had to get as much as you physically could. So if you have like a drop of semen, you use the whole thing. Almost all of it, Once yeah. you tested it, it is donezo. Well, no because more of the testing. solution that they put in it. Yes. Yeah, that's And right. so, a lot of times, especially with BTK, yeah. they were like... They would ruin all the evidence. Well, they there was one guy who said, we know he did it, and we know this DNA is going to come back positive, but yeah. we, we are going to wait until DNA testing gets better, so right. that way we don't mess this up. Right. Because if anything goes wrong and this comes out negative, we're, we're screwed forever. Yeah. This is all we have left. Yeah. So I thought that was really interesting because you think, okay, DNA testing is available, so yeah. it's pretty yeah. foolproof, and no, yeah. it was really difficult back then. It was very, very difficult. So we've come a long way. We really have. So, uh, between the 80s and 90s, it's believed that he murdered at least seven, 70 women, um, including children, teenagers, mm-hmm. right? Um, in the Seattle and Tacoma, Washington area. Uh, he was only convicted of 49 women, though. Um, and that's, I mean, he confessed to over 70 women, but only told them where 49 of the women's bodies were buried. Okay, so that those were the provable ones. Yes. Through DNA and discovery? Correct. Okay, got it. Yeah. Um, you know, his motive, which we're going to talk about, most of the women were sex workers. Mm. Runaways. Or even hitchhikers. Uh, who he would pick up along uh, Pacific Highway South. Every single woman, he would charm them. Um, and he would get them to trust him. So mm-hmm. his son would be in the vehicle, or he would show a picture of his son, and they'd be like, oh, you're down. You're so oh. nice. You could never hurt me. You're just going to take me to the you're store. You're just a dad. You're just a dad. I, um, I don't think I've ever looked at someone and be like, you must be nice, because you're, you're a, a dad. dad. <laughs> yeah. If anything, I'm like, you're probably a dick and a You're probably a piece of shit. So, um, deadbeat. Anyway, no. <laughs> I know a lot of very good dads. A lot of very good dads. So, anyway. I probably know more bad ones than good ones, for I sure. I probably say that's the truth. Um, anyway. Uh, so, same thing would happen every time. Either if they were sex workers, he would pay them to have sex with them. Or if they were runaways or hitchhikers, he would, like, charm them into having sex with them. Uh, they would, He would have sex with them from behind. I know I've said it, like, five oh, times. Like we're running out of wire From here. behind. Uh, and then he would wrap his arm around their necks from behind again, uh, strangling <laughs> them <laughs> straight just like mess the cork on the wine too. <laughs> uh, he would wrap his arm behind around their necks and strangle them from behind, mm. uh, and they would obviously die. Um, most of the women, and I'll drink here in a second. Most of the women were killed either in his vehicle, 
his home or in the woods. I wonder if the son ever actually witnessed a murder and just didn't realize it. Or, like, they suppressed it. He was so young. Between 82 and 84. I mean, the oldest that he would have been would be five. I mean, I feel like I can think back to moments when I was, like, in preschool, which would have been average age of four. No. Yeah, I think I can. What the fuck can you think of when you were four? Well, do you want me to tell some stories? Yeah, on the spot right now. Tell me one example when you were four years old. Okay, preschool. My teacher's name was Mrs. Kierkoff, and she had a seashell in the window, like a conch shell. And she was like, don't, nobody touch this. And I remember I she went out, and I picked it up, and it busted all over the floor. You were that kid. Which is funny, because I was usually the role follower. Not that day. She had to listen to the ocean on the seashell. I was like, hello? Hello? <laughs> Can you save me from this prison? Ariel? Little mermaid? Yeah. Are you there? Yes. I remember well, that. That's impressive. I also remember one time, my friend and I were playing dress up at her grandparents' house, and she was scared of this one closet. Yeah? Like... Not a closet like that, like the folding door closet. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, older house, and uh-huh. she was like, "Don't look in the closet. There's a hand in there." Like, Ooh. yeah, like you know, like what's it? Is it the Adams family that has the yeah. hand that walks yeah. around? Yeah. Something like that. And yeah. one day, I swear, I opened it, and there was a hand. <laughs> what the fuck? And that's my memory, which is probably a little messed up. Yeah, that's kind of weird. <laughs> um. So, uh, most of the women, their bodies were dumped in either the woods or the Green River area near Seattle, Tacoma, Washington. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, again, it talks about, like, Aquarius's being, like, very nature-oriented. Yep. Now you fucking hear it. He wants to have sex in the woods, and he wants to dump their bodies in the woods. Mm. Um, I wrote this as a fun fact, which is not fun I was at like, all. is it gonna be fun? No, this is not fun. I mean, it's a fact, but it's not fun. Fun facts. Fun fact for the day. The bodies would often be nude and posed, and he would return to them to perform acts of necrophilia. Uh, he said later, whenever he was arrested, that he would have sex with the women that were dead uh, to save the public of killing another woman. So, thank you. Thank <laughs> I'm sorry, you wait. for being thoughtful. <coughs> How does having sex with them later save them? They're dead. No, save the public from killing another oh. woman. Oh, so I thought you were saying back. No. that you would go back and have sex with him. So it's like, guys, I did you a favor. I had sex with no, her so that I you did didn't you, have to. I did you a favor because I didn't kill another woman. I had sex with the dead body again. Oh. So I didn't have to kill another woman and have sex with her. God. Yeah. I'm to gonna, play, like, to I was going to say, to play this episode, we would literally need like three bottles of wine. <laughs> Oh my God. Wow, that's disgusting. Isn't it disgusting? That is someone just with so much um, rage. Well, rage. And like, what is it when you like lie to yourself? What's the word I'm looking for? Like, you're not self aware without any self awareness. Yeah, yeah self awareness would work. Um, to be like, guys, I'm and doing denial. You. Denial. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing you a favor. Yeah. Yeah. I went back and had sex with this body to save the to public. save at least one more person, one more despite life. the fact that it's I like killed. his wife. I saved I saved lives. 
He's saying he saved li- he saved lives. Yeah, well, Peggy like, or whatever her name is, is Judith. Yeah, Judith can fuck off too. I know. Uh, he also said that he would drive bodies into Oregon to dispose of them to confuse the police. He wanted the police to think that there was another serial killer, so he would like drive across state lines and dispose their money, which I is mean, pretty fucking smart with a low It's smart, IQ. and it worked, because they like, questioned Ted Bundy. It, yeah, so, questioned Ted Bundy and, uh, what's his name, uh, Richard Ramirez, the California killer, at the oh, same really? time. Then did yes. they suspect the Golden State killer, too? Uh, yeah, they I was going to say, because it would have been time. the same time. Yes, all of them were at Dang. the same time. I feel so bad for the police during the seventies to the nineties. Yeah. I know it's like. Can you imagine? They're like. That's why they show those strings on the board, yeah. like drawing. Because like, how else would you remember the connections? You wouldn't. Jesus. Yeah. So in 1987, his wife uh, was contacted by the Green River Task Force. Uh, they asked her if she knew that there was a Green River serial killer, and she's like, "No." And they They're said, like, ma'am, do you watch the news? Yeah, and she said, no, I don't watch the news, because she didn't. Smart fucking woman at the time, I just gotta say. Anyway, and uh, then they asked her, they were like, well, do you think your husband uh, could be a serial killer? And she's like, absolutely not. I thought you were going to say, well, baby. No, <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, she did tell detectives later in 2010 during this interview uh, that in 1988, whenever she moved into his house, there wasn't any carpet. So the police told her, well, he probably rolled dead bodies up in the carpet. And that's why there wasn't any carpet. Yes. Yes. Wait, so when she moved in the house, I was thinking when you mean there's no carpet, it's like all hardwood floor. No, no, no. No, it's like the like underneath. Sub-floor. Yeah. Like what our house looks like right now. <laughs> like fucking subfloor. Yes. Yeah, that would be amazing. Add that to the number of red flags of like ha- wanting to have sex in the woods. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh. She also told the investigators that she didn't speculate anything, um, you know, that had potentially happened, you know, with him being a serial killer. Um, but she said that Gary would leave early in the morning as he said that he would work overtime in the mornings. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Gary or Judith started to speculate that he could be a serial killer because a year prior is when the police came to her and said, Hey ma'am, do you know there's a serial killer in the area? And yeah. she's like, Oh wait, wow. Maybe he Can you be. imagine? Because he's leaving early all the time, and he works late hours in the day. So the police put a bug in her ear in 1987. 87. Mm-hmm. Still. until 2000. Yeah, I was going to say still. It mm-hmm. went on way too long after Way that. too long. So I want to talk about the victims. Um, again, I'm going kind of back in time, but it's important to understand the context of, like, the motive and all the timelines. So now I'm going back to 82. Um, so July, uh, July 15, 1982, there was a victim named Deborah. She was 23 years old, went missing from the Pacific, uh, highway South. He apparently picked her up. They had sex. He killed her. Uh, he dumped her body in the Green River. Her body was found August 12th, about a month later. August 1st, 1982, Marsha was 31. She was last seen, last seen leaving her home. Uh, Gary picked her up. They had sex. Killed her. Body was found 14 days later in the Green River. 
August 11th, 1982. This tells you how quick his fucking timeline is. I was going to say. How many women he's killing. Cynthia, 17 years old, a child. Last seen in the area of the Pacific Highway. Same thing happened. Body was found on August 15th, same time as Marsha's, with another victim, Opal. So they found three women on August 15th. Yeah, that's... Another woman, August 12th. It's insane. Plus, there were more women. I didn't even... Yeah. I mean, there were 40 These women. are just, like, the provable ones, right? Or some of them? Some of them. I some. mean, they have all, but I want to say, like, 20 women identified. crazy. Yeah. Which is, again, it's also uncommon. It was kind Very of like uncommon. the guy that I covered... He was only yeah. charged for X amount, but he had hundreds on his list. So, yes. like, it's... This guy's got a lot that he's actually charged with. And it's and like he's rare. killing a woman every day. Yeah. Every day. He's like the Golden State Killer, but in a, instead of doing it over... Ten years. Yeah. Well, it's two years. Golden State Killer was... It's like 20, really. 20, and then, like, another oh, decade. So, right. you could kind of say... 30 years worth of killing. This yeah. guy is two, two years. De- yeah, yeah. Two years. Two years. Yeah. Crazy. So, March 1983, Ugh. Dolores, she was 17 years old. She was last seen at a bus stop outside of a hotel. Um, same thing happened. They had sex. He strangled her. Her body wasn't found actually until the following March of 1984 near Star Lake area, which is just another lake outside of Seattle. Crazy. Mm-hmm. April 10th, 1983, Gail, 23, last seen around 6 p.m. near the highway. Uh, same thing happened. Her body was discovered at Star Lake Road, which was by the Star Lake uh, in a wooded area, September 18th, 1983. October 11th, three years later, 1986, Patricia, she was 19 years old. She was last seen near the Pacific Highway. Um, and her body was found off of another highway, Highway 18. August through, between August and September 1983, I'm going back a little bit and you'll see why. A woman named April, she was 18 years old. Uh, her remains actually weren't found until August 30th, 2003. Mm. Yeah. Sad. I just don't know. And again, I don't know. I'm not in the position of these investigators. But how these killings can be so back to back to back. You've so suspected many. one guy for so long. Yeah. Like, how in the world have you not and he got away with all connect this. the dots yet? Yeah. <laughs> so he had a lot of burial grounds. Um <laughs> say. Green River, six victims, Star Lake, six victims, Highway 18 off of I-90, two victims, exit 38. Off of I-90, three victims. Highway 410, six victims. Tyee Golf Course, five victims. Tigard, Oregon, two victims, or Tigard. SeaTac uh, Airport, uh, near a ballpark, three victims, one of those being unidentified. Highway 18, two victims. Other miscellaneous sites around the area, nine victims with one identified, and four victims still Missing or undiscovered. That is insane. Yeah. That is, like, so crazy that these were all proved victims. Yeah. It's sad. Yeah. So, that's just tragic. I know. Mm -hmm. So, November 30th, 2001, finally, 
Uh, DNA testing is way more advanced. Um, authorities knew that there was still a serial killer from the 80s and 90s out on the loose. They knew that Richard Ramirez and Ted Bundy uh, didn't know about the Golden State Killer. I mean, they had the name, but they didn't know who he was. Um, they kind of tied all of the Golden State Killer's murders together. With the I, killer. yeah. Um, but anyway, they still knew that there was a serial killer out on the loose. Uh, Gary was at work when the police finally arrested him, took him to King County Jail, which again was the Seattle area, uh, jail for suspicion of murder from the 1980s because DNA matched Gary's semen and saliva found in and on victims, Marsha, Opal, Cynthia, and Carol Ann. And then shortly after, like days later, three more victims were identified. Wendy, Deborah, and then another woman named Deborah. Crazy. Yeah. And it's Seven just a women. spiral effect from there. Yeah. Because once they're sure of one, they are confident to tell the lot. rest. Yep. Like, yep. and they did. They did. Wow. So, uh, two, that's got to be the greatest feeling. Can you imagine? Getting those results back and you're like, we fucking we did fucking it. We fucking got it. Finally. We fucking got it. Ugh. I know. Can you imagine, like, the families too? I mean, 20, 25 years later. How about, like, his first wife? Like, how about his current wife and he's being fucking arrested? Oh, she sucks. Yeah, I know. She's no, no, no. Judith isn't the one who said, like, I saved lives. That was oh. his second wife. Oh, okay. I was Judith like, I don't care what she says. Yeah, no. <gasps> but can you imagine being any of his former wives and being like, wow, I dodged a bullet, except for Judith. Fuck her. Yeah, but I know. Everyone else, you'd be like, wow. Thank right. God I didn't have kids with him. Right, right. Uh, no, so two years later, November 5th, 2003, he entered a guilty plea uh, to 28 charges of aggravated first-degree murder. Uh, part of the plea bargain uh, was stated that if he entered a guilty plea, then he uh, would not be executed, and he would give the uh, detectives and the police the locations of the bodies and all of the details of his other victims. Oh, jeez. How can you yeah. even keep track of those things? If you had to tell me right now, Cadence, name a hundred outfits you've wore. The shirt with the pants Tell me what shoes. you wore last Monday. No fucking idea. Right. Like, how do you remember these things? Yeah. I can barely remember, like, the number... I've only had, like, five cars in my life, and I can barely but remember them, what they are. It's, it's so sentimental, so it's like... But you'll hear here in a second... Um, he told the judge that he killed all the women in King County, but he took some of the women across state lines to confuse the police. Mm -hmm. He said, quoted, I've killed so many women, I have a hard time keeping them straight. He also said, most of the time, I killed them the first time that I met them, and I do not have a good memory for their faces. Oh, so but that goes back. It's sad. It's really sad. But that goes back to him being a, an Aquarius. Fucking detaches. Yeah, instantly for sure. Instantly detaches from people it's he doesn't so give a shit about. Cold. It's so yeah. cold. So cold. Oh yeah. Gross. Uh, the prosecutor said, "Quoted: We could have gone forward with seven counts of murder." 
but that is all we could have ever hoped to solve. At the end of the trial, whatever the outcome, there would have been lingering doubts about the rest of these crimes. This agreement was the avenue to the truth, and in the end, the search for the truth is still why we have a criminal justice system. Gary Ridgway does not deserve our mercy. He does not deserve to live. The mercy provided by today's resolution is directed not at Ridgway, but toward the families who suffered so much. Mm. So, in other words, I mean, this is why he didn't get executed. I mean, he's still fucking alive today. My thing is, is like, at this point, why would you want to live? Because he's a fucking narcissist. Why would you want to live? He's a narcissist, man. (sighs) I mean, whatever. But, I mean... It's on. It's better for our systems if serial killers do live. We yeah. get a lot. We gain so much knowledge having oh, them incarcerated. Sure. Yeah. But from a justice point, I understand execution. But as a person in prison, knowing you're guilty of dozens or hundreds of murders, yep. like why would you want to live? Why? Right. I don't uh, know. So December eighteenth, two thousand three. Uh, the judge, who was Richard Jones, sentenced Gary to 48 life sentences with no possibility of parole, and the sentence and sentenced him with tampering with evidence for each victim, which added 480 years to his 48 life sentences. I feel so like he was <laughs> never getting out. Like I feel like you're like okay, and you are sentenced to 2,000 years. Yeah. Like come on. I feel like okay. We're going to start a new thing. What? What are Instead of doing life sentences, basically what we're going to tell people Uh, is... You're never getting out. You're never getting out of here. Yes. And to make up for, like, the 400 years that you're sentenced to death, we're going to, like, make life harder on you. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like instead of being like, you have... A thousand years. A thousand years years in prison. You could be like, you're going to spend the rest of your life in here, and also you're not going to get time outside. And you're going to wish that you were dead. You're not going to get, like, the jello cups. You're not going to get commissary or whatever it's called. You're going to be in solitary confinement until you die. I feel like there's other ways of punishment than, like, adding on years that they're never going to spend on this earth. I don't understand that. I don't either. I truly don't. Like, they don't care. They already know they're going to be in prison the rest of their yeah. life. Yeah. So, like, yeah. take away other pleasures. Yeah. Other than years. Right. Yeah. Anyways. I know. We'll, so, we'll work on that and yeah. come back to you guys. Yeah. Well, that will be our next job. <laughs> uh, February 9th, 2004, so just a couple of months later, um, the county prosecutors released tape recordings of Gary's confessions. Um, he initially confessed to 65 women, then it was 71. Uh, he mentioned that he had sex with all of them. I mean, no, here. No, you with, have to no, drink I it. will have a drink and then you'll have a drink. Okay, I'll have uh, it. he had sex with all of them before killing them. He said they were easy to pick up without being noticed. I knew they would not be reported missing right away and I might, and they might never be reported missing. So I picked prostitutes because I could kill as many of them as I wanted without getting caught. That is disgusting. Mm -hmm. And so sad. Like, I get it. I get, I get, like, the moral argument of being a sex worker. But at the end of the day, these people do not deserve to get murdered. No, they don't. Brutally, in cold blood. Or hitchhikers. Or... 
fucking runaway teens in foster yeah. care or whatever. Like, like they what don't the deserve heck? it. That's they so don't sad. It at all. So sad. I know. And, you know, he's still alive. He's 73. And he is washing. He's still in Washington State Penitentiary. I think I and he's this guy known, up. He's known to be a good prisoner. He doesn't get in trouble. Um, his last name or I D G W A Y Ridgeway. Ridgeway. Okay. Yeah. So, I feel like he looks like another serial killer. I looked up his picture earlier. Who is it? The guy I covered, like Golden State. No, not Golden State. Um, I think it was someone that I covered who we described as like, he's kind of like the big teddy bear guy. Oh, Ed Kemper. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He looks like Ed Kemper. Yeah, he kind of reminds me, but they were, they're very similar. Yeah. Yeah. But like, oh yeah, he looked gentle. In that they just look, yeah, they just look like gentle, normal fucking people people from the 70s. And I mean, if you ask the son, he was. Yeah. He was a gentle, normal person. That's like never like I mean of course I didn't really read if he spanked his son or whatever but I mean his son says like he was a normal dad did normal dad things that's I mean it's one thing to like be a different person than what your kids think you are like your friends and family but then to be a serial killer of over seventy women like in two years yeah. I mean, of course, he had killed, like, other women in, like, the 86, 88, Mm -hmm. 89, 90. But, like, he was killing spree. Primarily two years. Two years. Damn. That's like Golden State. Golden State did his within, like, 10 years, but then spread out randomly. Randomly. For 30. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Wow, what a great story. Crazy. Does he do interviews or anything? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and he talks to psychologists and psychiatrists and... I'm going to look him up. Whoever he wants to talk to. I've heard this story before, but I forgot a lot of it. Yeah. So, like, the body count. The body count's insane. Second most prolific. Who's number one? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. All right, well, good job. Thanks. Boom. Boom. Finish this. This I'm fucking driving. You're (laughs) drinking it. Well, now that you said it on camera, I have to. All right, y'all. So, uh, I will thank our patrons. Yeah. We have Justin, Annette, Adrian, Nicholas, Valerie, Haley, and Angie, who's right out there. Uh, This is Angie's office. This is her office. (laughs) Um, Thank you for keeping the podcast going. Without you, we would be broke bitches. And Um, we really do have some great things. We do. We do. Coming for the patrons, especially the ones we already have. Yeah, next week. Hoping to gain some more with our new program we're going to be rolling out. Yeah, you all will love it. And yes, please go check out Color Up CBD. I'm not going to give any links to where you go and shop. Alexa's going to do that in a minute. But what I'm going to talk about is how much I love their shit. So actually, I spent the weekend with my sisters and yeah. they ordered from Color Up CBD. Did they? Oh, yes. Awesome. So I think my sister uh, did too. The main thing was the face cleanser, which we oh, don't that's have. Amazing. No, we have a different one. They have a <gasps> different kind. Oh, do they really? So we have the. It's got a pink label and it's like a like chrome a, pump bottle. Yeah. This is different. It's more like a soap dispenser kind. Okay. Amazing. It's is a little it? thicker. Okay. It's awesome. So okay. they love it. Hmm. I am like obsessed right now. I'm doing the vitamin C serum stuff. Yeah. So it's I been love great. All their stuff. All their and stuff. And the links are 
ColorUpCo.com. Shut up. ColorUpCo.com or ColorUpCBD on Instagram. Use code SINISTER20, all lowercase, (laughs) and you will get 20% off. They have bundles. They've got some great shit. So using that code shows that you listened and support the podcast, and then it goes back and forth. So use that code. Yeah. And that's all that I've got. That's all we got. So stay sinister. Bye. Bye.